you are listening to the Healthy Leader Podcast with Tracy Fisher, episode number 32. Welcome to the Healthy Leader Podcast, where it's all about optimizing your health, energy, and performance for your mind and your body. And now, your host, Master Coach Tracy Fisher. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I want to tell you that I am doing really well. I feel like right now I'm in the calm after the storm. <laughs> I've got my calm puppies right now laying next to me and I have the calm outside. It is a beautiful, crisp fall day here in Cleveland. And if I look behind me, I have the calm after the storm of some serious renovations in my house that was let's just say a total nut roll. <laughs> but right now it is a sheer pleasure every time I walk through and I look at my new floors and I look at some of my new decorations and the new colors on the wall. And I love my house. I get a little burst of pleasure every time I walk through. And I do know that eventually I will get used to the newness and it won't feel so new and invigorating. But what will last is the joy that I feel in being here. And I want to tell you that that's a really important distinction. The pleasure is short-lived. It's just temporary. But the joy is long-lasting. It's a continued feeling that I did the right thing with these renovations, that I am on the right path. I'm glad that I spent the money and that I went through the hassles of getting this done. And I will tell you that it was a hassle. If you've ever done any home renovations, you know that there are a lot of disruptions. There were some issues with the subflooring. The project time ended up getting doubled. It affected clients and my calls, and it affected some webinars that I was doing. And <laughs> I was in my bedroom with my computer on my ironing board trying to look for the right lighting so that I could serve clients. And in the end, I'm really glad that I did it. I was glad that I spent that money, that we took the time, and that I went through that discomfort of it all. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, discomfort and the willingness to feel it and how valuable that skill is and why you'd even want to do it. So as a precursor, I want to review that in the last two podcasts, I've been focused on emotions. And the first podcast was about understanding that emotions are 100% our responsibility and that the world and other people and circumstances and events and everything that is out there is never responsible for our emotions. And that's important to understand and to get on a fundamental level that we are responsible for our emotions. And so that was the emotional responsibility podcast. And then the last podcast, the episode before this one, was about emotional balance or emotional equanimity. And I gave you the process to begin to play with and to think about your emotions in a different way and how you can be present with them and not get hooked by them. And so those are two foundational concepts that really set the stage for today. Well, I wanna take it a level deeper and talk about how you can stop indulging in behaviors that you know are not in your best interests but you have a hard time stopping. So if you're cycling around a bad habit, whether it's in eating or drinking or procrastinating or spending money or fill in your bad habit, if you're cycling around something, then stick around because this podcast is for you. And I am going to help you understand why you keep indulging and what's really keeping you stuck and how you can 
get out of that cycle right now, as in when you are done listening to this. So I want to start off with <laughs> a strange story about me being in excruciating pain because I was in labor. I was in labor with my third child. She was ready to come. And the nurse comes into my room and she says, hey, it's time to break your water. And I said, no, it's not. And she was like, uh, what are you talking about? We need to break your water right now. That's what the doctor wants. It's doctor's orders. And I will just tell you, as a side note, my water never broke in any of my three children. And I had already had two labors that were excruciating. And I learned that the amniotic fluid provides a buffer from the pain. And in the past, I let them break my water. And as soon as I did, the pain levels shot up tremendously for me. That meant that I got to experience those same severe contractions without the buffer of the amniotic fluid. And so by my third child, I knew that, and I knew that I was the one who was in control of this and that I was allowed to say no to the doctor. I was allowed to say, I am the expert of my body. I know what this experience is going to be like, and I choose differently. So why am I telling you that very strange story? And what does it have to do with overindulging? <laughs> well, I'll tell you for a couple of reasons I'm sharing it. One is to emphasize that you are the expert of you. And very often we give our power to experts or other people who know better than we do or that we think know better than we do. And we disregard our own knowledge and our own understanding of our bodies and our lives and our knowledge. And we do this with other people's opinions. We try to change who we are being and how we are acting so that they will like us or so that they will think a certain thing about us. Perhaps we just go with the flow in the workplace because everybody agrees that this is the right solution going forward. But inside we are like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's the right thing. But we just keep our mouth shut because we don't want to disrupt. We don't want to make other people feel bad. We don't want to rock the boat. And we absolutely do that when it comes to our own self-care, our own wellness and our own well-being. We look outside of ourselves for someone else to tell us what to do when you already have the answers. So that is the first point and really the most important one. And that is that you are the expert of you. You know your history, you know your body, you know your mind, you know your circumstances, and you know when you are indulging and when you are overindulging. And so I want you to know that the difference between indulging and overindulging comes right from the root of the word indulgence. And the Latin root is indulgere, which means to give free reign. And it also means to treat with excessive kindness. And there's an, a distinction there. So in my situation, when I'm giving birth, I am indulging in my own ability to know what is right for my body and to treat my body with excessive kindness and not to give free reign to something outside of myself, to the doctors. And the idea here is that I want for you to give free reign, not to your desires and to your impulses, but to your ability to treat yourself with excessive kindness all of the time. So today I want to talk to you about why you might be overindulging when you know better and what's really going on in the moment when you choose quick pleasure over long-term joy and how you can use your innate knowledge and your own expertise to stop that cycle, to stop that cycle right now, today. 
Now, I want to be clear that I believe that we were put in these bodies of ours to enjoy our senses, our taste and our touch and our feeling. And our brains are literally designed to seek pleasure and to avoid pain and to do it as quickly as possible. You've heard me say that if you've listened to this podcast probably hundreds of times. And we have bodies that are meant to experience physical pleasure. And the idea is that pleasure moves us towards survival and procreation and the safety that is wired within us. And when we do allow natural pleasures in moderation, then we are treating ourselves with that extreme kindness. We both enjoy the pleasure of the moment, the touch and the taste and the smell, and we also enjoy the long-term benefits of those pleasures. We have the memory of the pleasure of that experience, and we also have the way that we have treated ourselves, the self-care that has created strong health, a focused mind, and an overwhelming sense that we are living in alignment with who we are supposed to be. When we overindulge, we take the pleasure and we just repeat that over and over and over again and we create the short-term pleasure at the expense of the long-term joy, at the expense of truly treating ourselves with excessive kindness. When we overeat, our bodies store fat and they become inflamed and unhealthy. If we drink too much alcohol, then we don't sleep well and it impacts the health of our brain and the way that we physically feel the next morning. And there's no joy in waking up with a hangover. If we are spending more money than we have, we enjoy the immediate pleasure of the purchase, but then it creates debt and anxiety and worry and stress. So when we are over-pleasuring, it has a negative impact in the long run, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And generally, when we overindulge, we wish later on that we had not made that choice. And often this cycle gets repeated over and over and over again until we either give up or we decide that there's something wrong with us or we decide that we're just not going to try anymore and we use that experience of our past to define our future. So why the heck do we keep engaging in behaviors that we know are not going to serve us in the long run? Well, the first answer we've already discussed because your brain is designed to do that. The oldest part of your brain is wired to seek pleasure and that part of your brain is not going away. And that part of your brain has not yet caught up with the current technology and the current way that we live. And it doesn't truly understand that it does not constantly need to seek pleasure. And if that's not enough, that your brain is going against you, we've also got a culture that is consistently and constantly telling us that we need more, more, more. If you get more of whatever it is that they are selling, <laughs> then you will be happy. When you eat this, when you drink that, when you purchase this, when you get more likes, when you filter this photo, when you get more dollars, then you will be happy. You will get more happiness. And that's what we want, right? We want to be happy. And that segues into the third reason we keep overindulging. And the crux of why we overindulge is because we want to be happy. And that means that we don't want to be irritated, stressed, bored, upset, afraid. So how can you stop those feelings hmm, pretty much immediately uh, with behaviors that feel good? Eating, drinking, sex, spending money, watching Netflix, scrolling Reddit. And this is for all of you who are constantly on the go, go, go. Your brain is constantly going from one stimulant to another, from an email to a project, to a meeting, to a text, to coffee, to an errand, to a snack, to a sales call, to a drink. And it's a never ending cycle of what is next. 
And we have trained our brains to seek out that short-term pleasure over long-term joy. We avoid feeling the natural discomfort that comes with a sugar craving from a body that's not fat adapted. We avoid the discomfort of making a decision that we can put off till later. Our culture supports it and our brain supports it. Our technology supports it. And not only is it supported, it's been supersized. Now we don't just have instant pleasure, we have concentrated pleasure. <laughs> Halloween is right around the corner. We don't just have those little snicker bars. We have those huge snicker bars. A regular snicker bars has like 27 or 30 grams of sugar. That's more sugar than one person needs in a day. And now we've supersized that. And so now we are not just looking for instant gratification, but a lot of concentrated sugar. And when you bite into that Snickers bar, your brain gets a massive dopamine hit. And so a lot of companies take advantage of this pleasure, not just by playing to our natural inclination to seek pleasure, but by compounding it and selling it in a concentrated way. And we get used to that. And not only then are these pleasures important to us, but they feel like they are necessary for our survival. And the reason it's like that is because our brains have been tricked into thinking that that pleasure is the most important thing. And the more that we drink, the more that we want it. The more that we eat, the more that we want it. The more that we watch porn, the more that we want it. And it becomes this cycle that is very difficult to get off of because pleasure wants more pleasure and they want it now. And we feel like we're supposed to have pleasure all of the time. And if we feel that way, then we are escaping our negative emotions and we're trained for more, 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 more. And so we've got the culture and the society using our limbic brain to take these natural occurring things in the world and create false pleasure in a very concentrated way that our brains have not evolved to accommodate yet. And when we get these bursts of dopamine, our brain thinks that it's really important. And so we drink it at the expense of other things. It's the same with flour and cocaine and heroin and working and all of those things. They're not just enticing, but your brain is like, this is phenomenal. And this is exactly what I need right now in this moment to make me feel better. And that's what's happening when we choose to overindulge, when we choose to buffer against our current experience. We're using the outside world, those external things out there to change how we are feeling internally. And it works, but it only works for a short amount of time. And then not only are you back to where you started, but you're worse off because now you regret what you've done. You feel like a failure, or at the very least, you feel like you're not living up to your own potential. And it's like a dark cloud that's following you around. And I'm going to share with you exactly how you can get out of this cycle of false pleasures and begin to live more in alignment with what it is that you truly want to be doing. And as we get into this, I'm going to tell you right at the get-go, that this is going to be a hard sell for your brain because your brain is not going to want to give up what you are using right now to avoid feeling discomfort. We have some really good stories about why we deserve to have a drink at the end of the day, even if it does make us feel bad in the morning. Why we deserve to enjoy this particular dessert because we're never going to have it again will never have this opportunity, or it doesn't come by very often, or why it's okay to procrastinate in this one instance because you work hard. Nobody else is taking care of you. You generally put everybody else first, and so you deserve it. You deserve an indulgence. 
And here's the thing, you do. You do deserve to have pleasure and to feel good and to indulge. What you don't deserve is to overindulge and to be stuck in the same cycle, thinking the same things, worrying about the same things, feeling like you are not reaching your potential over and over and over again. That you don't deserve. So as you go through this, know that there's naturally going to be some resistance. If there weren't, then this particular overindulgence wouldn't be an issue for you. So I want for you, first and foremost, to think about what you would like to change and just open your mind to the possibility of it. That's the first step, to be willing to imagine your life without that thing that you buffer with, without that overindulgence. And this is big. At first, you are for sure going to know that you're going to have some deprivation. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But imagine what your life would be like after that. Imagine never having alcohol or ice cream or overspending, ruling your life. Imagine what it would be like to not be worried constantly or regretting constantly and to just have dominion over your own decisions in this area. Imagine that you could trade all of the overindulgences, all of the false pleasure for true wellness and well-being and what that would look like in your life. And I want to tell you, I promise you that no matter what your indulgence is, that you can survive without it. I promise you that your life without this thing, without this cloud hanging over you, won't just be kind of better, but it will be tremendously better, immensely better. And I know this to be true because I have experienced it personally and I have witnessed hundreds of other people do the same. If you are using or have been using a lot of overindulgence and false pleasures in your life, you probably think it's not possible. You may not even be able to imagine it. I've had, I think, <laughs> three people in the past couple of weeks say to me, I cannot imagine what life would be like without ice cream. I want you to think about that. If you are an ice cream lover, you might be like, yeah, I agree. It's totally true. It's crazy talk <laughs> to not have Ben and Jerry's every night. But if you aren't an ice cream lover, you're thinking, what's the big deal? I could totally give up ice cream. The big deal only exists in the person who's trained their brain to avoid discomfort with that thing, with ice cream or fill in your blank. And for someone else, it could be cigarettes. It could be cocaine. It could be porn. Your big deal isn't someone else's big deal. Not because life is any better with ice cream or porn, <laughs> I know that sounds a little weird, but because you've trained your brain to overindulge in it and your brain thinks that it is. It thinks that that is the way to find pleasure and it thinks that is the only way. And I really like comparing different indulgences with people and that's one of the great things about the Healthy Leader Inner Circle and why it's so powerful is because we can see other people's avoidance patterns and indulgences and it's really clear that it's all about their mind and their emotions, but we can't see our own. It's more hidden. But as we begin to see other people's indulgences and realize that this is a human condition and that it's natural to seek pleasure and avoid pain we can begin to realize that part of this human condition is that we created it. And if we created it, then we can change it. And that's really powerful. So just start with allowing yourself to believe that fulfillment and joy is possible without that thing. And it's not just possible, but actually your life would be more amazing without it.
And here's what will happen. As you remove the thing, you will go through withdrawal. You'll feel deprived. And then you will be left with all of the emotions that you were buffering against. And that's the hard part. Ultimately, after the deprivation goes away and all the physical withdrawal is gone, then what we are left with is the emotion that we are trying so desperately not to feel, to escape from, to buffer from. And that emotion has really important information for you. It tells you what you are thinking. It tells you what is going on in your brain and your mind and what you believe. And if you are constantly buffering and overindulging to escape the emotion and avoiding basically what your body and your mind wants to say, you are missing authentic and powerful information. And when you are willing to feel that emotion and not buffer against it, not overindulge, then that's powerful. It's extremely powerful. Now I get that this is a hard sell. It's hard to imagine your life without a particular type of escape. And I'll use the example of alcohol and drinking because I loved drinking. I would have a glass of wine at the end of the day and would love the feeling of relaxation, that warm glow that it would give me. And all of a sudden, everything that was going on did not seem so bad. But nothing had really changed. The only thing that had changed was that I tricked my brain to make myself feel better temporarily. And at first when I thought about how I would feel if I gave up that glow at the end of the day, I was like, no way. I'm just gonna be super duper stressed now and continue to feel overwhelmed and I won't be able to stop my brain from thinking. It would just keep going at 100 miles per hour and I'll never get any relief. And I truly believed in the power of that external alcohol. I believed that that was the only way to make myself feel better. But in fact, I had just trained my brain to believe that. I had trained myself to use alcohol to make myself have this false pleasure, to pretend like everything was better in the moment when it really wasn't. And yes, when I first stopped drinking, it was hard at first. But I learned that I can do hard things. And the people that I work with, they can do hard things too including handling their own emotions. We learned that the negative emotions that we were experiencing had that information and that it was okay to feel frustrated or unhappy or angry and to really feel it and to be willing to experience that feeling is key to getting to what that information will tell us. And when I was able to do that and when the people that I work with are able to do that, we get to know ourselves in a much deeper way. And we're no longer avoiding, but knowing. And when you get to know yourself and feel your feelings, you start finding the real cause of the unhappiness. And then we can change that. Then we have information about our lives that we were avoiding before. And we can begin to make a life that we don't need to escape from that we don't need to overindulge in something else in order to feel better and to have false pleasure. And here is what begins to happen, is that you get more pleasure. You get the pleasure of waking up in the morning and not feeling foggy or having a headache or an upset stomach. Or when you eat healthfully, you get the pleasure of putting on your clothes every single day and feeling good and liking the way that you look in the mirror. And when you don't overspend, you get the pleasure of looking at your account balance over and over and over again and seeing that number go up. Those pleasures add up. They are authentic and they are sustainable. And those pleasures 
add to your feeling of being totally in control of yourself and having dominion over your life. That is the pleasure that you were meant to experience. And that pleasure added up over and over and over again, that equals joy. And here's the best part of all. When you've taken full responsibility for your emotions, when you recognize that there's going to be some instability in your emotional life and that you cannot just handle those emotions but actually use them to learn about yourself and create emotional balance and equanimity in your life, then you can truly enjoy the other pleasures in life, the indulgences, the glass of wine, the dessert, the occasional splurge, because you've created such great connection with your mind and your body that you are highly aware of the difference between indulging and overindulging. And you naturally self-regulate. And when you're able to do that, then you trust yourself. And you know that when you say you're going to do something, that you're going to do it. And so that's a perfect segue into the final piece of this in terms of self-regulating. <laughs> and that is to create a plan. <laughs> I get so much resistance when we come to this point because it feels restrictive. And guess what? At first, it is. We are actively and consciously and purposefully restricting a behavior that does not serve you in the long run. We're drawing a line in the sand. You are deciding the difference between indulgence and overindulgence. And this circles all the way back to you and you being the expert of you. You draw your line in the sand. You get to decide ahead of time what is right for you. And nobody knows that truly except for you. And this is a really important piece because oftentimes people are like, listen, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to eat. Tell me how to exercise. Tell me exactly when I should leave work. How much money to spend. Tell me what to do. I don't want to make any more decisions. And I get it. I get the power of that. And it makes it easy. We then don't have to think. Someone else is just going to tell us the answer. And this goes all the way back to the story of the birth of my third baby. For sure, we want to get expertise and advice and understand the situation and learn from other people's experience and education. But I knew what was right for me. And I was willing for that doctor to be annoyed and to deal with the discomfort of the staff huffing and puffing around me so that I could have the experience that I wanted to have. I was the expert of me and you are the expert of you. You know right now exactly what it is that you need to do. You know if you are a stop cold turkey kind of person or if you need to ease into it a little bit. You know what's going on in your life right now. If you are caring for an ailing parent or in the midst of a huge project, you know what you can handle. You know what your life is like. So for your plan, you decide. Choose one action item that will move you towards your vision of what life will be like without that overindulgence. And do not put off creating a protocol, no matter what's going on. Do not say, it's too crazy for me right now. I can't do anything. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the time. I implore you not to do that. 
choose something right now that is both in alignment with your life as it currently is and also with your vision of how you want it to be. I cannot stress this enough. Do not delay your vision. Do not delay your belief and your capacity to feel your emotions that come with being alive by not planning something. It doesn't have to be huge. It does not have to be monumental. It does not have to be a massive change, just something. Choose one thing. It could be that you are going to do intermittent fasting. It could be that you are going to shut your computer down at 5 o'clock every night. It could be that you are going to stop watching Netflix at 10 p.m. It could be that you're going to put your phone away and look at your spouse for five minutes while you are talking to them. Do not delay your vision. And then, once you've chosen something, make sure that that action is on your calendar so that you can track whether you are doing it or not. And I will tell you right now, as we enter the holiday season, this is the time for you to do it. This is the time for you to take charge and to use family gatherings, the parties, the whirlwind of the season to plan it and to level up right in the middle of it. This is where you can learn how you can indulge and treat yourself with excessive kindness right in the middle of life, right now. And by now, I mean right now. I want to tell you that I am putting together a small select group of people who are genuinely interested in doing this work, of deciding how they are going to walk through the end of this year and make the most of it. So if you're interested in joining us, there's a link below that you can click to let me know, and I will get you on the list. I would love to walk with you through this holiday season into 2023 and have you know how to have both pleasure and joy in your life and to constantly and consistently create that. So no matter what you decide to do, I want you to make this season your best one ever. Lead yourself consciously to your vision. Be willing to feel your emotions and to learn from them, to have immense pleasure and long-term joy. You have it within you. I believe in you. Go forth and create an amazing day, an amazing month, and an amazing Hey there, if you are ready to take your well-beingness to the next level, come visit thewellness.coach where I've got lots of free resources. And make sure that you type in thewellness.coach, not .com, and I will see you there.